The Cups and Cakes Network presents Inside the Artist Studio. The interview you're about to hear was originally recorded May 9th, 2019. To find out more about Cups and Cakes, visit them at cupsandcakespod.com. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. What you're about to hear may contain filthy language and adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Kamloops is a small city, population 90,000, and for quite some time it hasn't been known as a destination worth stopping at while touring Western Canada. This idea has been changing in recent years as the city is starting to develop a rich music scene. Taking center stage in this recent musical surge is At Mission Dolores, whose sound displays a mature perspective in the face of a society that seems to be spiraling out of control, and the psychedelic melancholic sounds they create are the perfect numbing agent. This band has led by example and opened the doors for more young acts to emerge from their hometown. Joining me today on Inside the Artist Studio is JP and Jared from At Mission Dolores. Guys, welcome to the show. Say hello. Hi, thanks for having us. Edmonton, what's up? (laughs) What's going on? Why don't we start by getting you guys to kind of say who you are, what you play in the band. Um, This way folks out there can get to know your voices. Um, My name's JP. I play guitar and sing in the band. And then to my right we have... And uh, I'm Jared, and I play guitar and sing in the band as well. Right on. So... Folks out here in Alberta and uh, further east might not know the name at Mission Dolores. Uh, you guys are from Kamloops, correct? That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you tell me maybe a little bit about how long you've been a band, how you formed, and like how you guys all know each other? It's been uh, yesterday was May 8th was the three-year anniversary of our first rehearsal of of the five of us who, we, who play together currently. We figured that out via Instagram. Nice. Um, Jared and I met, we played in separate bands prior to that. I think we got to know each other that way. We'd played some shows together and then we're trying to make a project work. Um, and then, so prior to that kind of three year anniversary of the rehearsal, uh, I'd come up with some song ideas and um, got Jared and then and our other drummer's name is Jared. Um, we worked on them uh, alongside Maggie, who's my, my partner and our, our keyboard player. Um, and we treated that as kind of like a recording project more so than a band. We went up and tracked them. Um, and then I think we're, we're all pretty happy with it, as I recall how that worked out, and then decided yeah. we would become a band and play those songs, and then that kind of preempted that um, that first rehearsal three years ago. Nice. Yeah, and then we just uh, got together. Uh, Stu, our bass player, is a guy I had kind of jammed with once and just didn't really know him that well and just kind of randomly called him up and uh, came to the rehearsal and like at a brewery on Mother's Day and uh, worked out. So are you guys all kind of born and raised Kamloops? Um, myself, Jared and Jared are. Stu yep. is, he's a transplant from a small town way up north of BC <laughs> called Burns Lake. Okay. Yeah. So we got to break him in a little bit sometimes. And then uh, Maggie's from, she's from a small town called Merritt which is where we met. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, so four of us, Merritt's basically part of Kamloops. Totally, so we're all yeah. kind of from the area. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about Kamloops because I was there. I actually, the first time That's we right. met was about a year Speaking ago. Speaking of your anniversaries, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I drove down to Kamloops for Frog Eyes on their uh, farewell tour or whatever and uh, made a point because we'd been chatting quite a bit mm-hmm. um, with your label, Factotum. Yep. And uh, we made a point to get together. But while after the Frog Eyes show and before you were done wrapping up the show that you were hosting, I was just walking around the small little downtown of Kamloops and I counted three shows going on that weren't the one that I was just at so in I don't even know how big Kamloops is but it's a small city yeah, well, 90,000 I think we're around there but so yeah it's a small city yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> and there was four shows going on that night mm-hmm. which is just crazy so and, and I'd kind of known from talking to you that there was this music scene kind of creeping up in Kamloops and then I, and then I know that you are a big part of it and that Mission Dolores is kind of like the sort of the biggest band perhaps in in the scene the one that you know you're ushering in some of the younger kids right. in, into the music scene I was hoping that you guys could just talk a little bit about what's going on in Kamloops yeah um, so I think like just kind of in broad strokes like you said there is always there's always something going on which is pretty cool even if it's not necessarily for you but I think like from a concentrated view like I remember that night so so yeah vividly of of having an iconic band like Frog Eyes play a very intimate show yeah and which we've had kind of a series of that like Brendan Canning had played a show kind of just prior to that um, but then, yeah, like you say, then I was putting on a show that night. Um, it was like a tour, Dave Allen or someone touring through Ontario. Yeah. Um, you know, we've always kind of had a punk scene that's bubbling under the surface. There's a metal scene there. Um, and yeah, it's really, it's, it is shocking for a town that size to have, to have so much going on. And I think kind of what's the cool thing for me now is to have, you know, with Sled coming up in the summer, a lot of bands, like now is a time right where I get inundated of bands wanting to play here yeah. on their way out to sled whereas kind of you know two three years prior you'd have to really like beg them and yeah, yeah why they'd be you rolling stop? their why eyes you stop yeah, yeah you know and they'd be rolling <laughs> rolling their eyes at you for that but yeah you know and um so it's just neat to have that that perspective change but yeah jared i don't know how you how you feel about it yeah um i don't know i've been playing in bands in kamloops for probably about like six or seven years and and I started, there was not, there was a little bit of, of some bands you would run into, but didn't seem like there was like too much of a scene or maybe just wasn't as adept at like finding a group of people. But yeah, um, the last couple of years, like there's just been a lot of like-minded people that have a good time at shows and want to come back to more shows and sometimes struggle to like find venues all the time, but when all the pieces kind of come together. There's which interest like, for sure. Yeah. 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 But yeah, kind of as I recall, um, when Jared and I were in different bands prior, like I seem to remember us being kind of really the only two bands pers- like in that kind of like big indie umbrella sound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember like we played that show at Zach's, which was pretty crazy. Yeah. But it was, it was almost like this one-off thing of like, whoa, the two bands are playing together. Yeah. You know, and this is probably, <laughs> this is probably going back five years. Yeah. Um, and then I think what we've tried to do is just build community around it and bring together the like-minded people um, to make a scene. Cause I think it was a little bit disjointed before. Yeah. But even like historically Kamloops, when I was growing up was, it was at that time when I was a teenager, the, the major stop for bands to break up that Calgary to Vancouver drive. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I was, well, and even before it, like when I was, you know, doing long division, when I was a kid, like green day played when they were, 
uh, touring Kerplunk in and like Kamloops? in Kamloops. Yep. Get out of town. Yeah. Where so do they play? They played at like some roller derby place <laughs> or like obviously, right? But, um, <laughs> um, you know, like there'd be all sorts of bands like, like, and yeah, I don't want to date myself. I mean, I, yeah, I was way too young to go to that show, but yeah. I mean, like yeah. bands like say like Propagandy, The Weaker Thans, like yeah. kind of that era and that level of band, you know, late nineties, early two thousands, like they were always stopping through in Kamloops. And that was for me a very formative thing. Yeah. Um, and then I, I had left and lived in Vancouver and Victoria. And then when I came back and like at that time when I would have met Jared, it ha- it was really kind of in a valley. I think of like I had left and it was this like hugely transformative thing and positive on, you know, like on me as an adolescent. And then I think that's just kind of influence, like for me anyways, and by a fact totem of like wanting it just to be like that, you know, like probably for me, for my own personal nostalgia, but I think yeah. also just for other people to have that experience that I had. Well, it was definitely for as long as I can remember until you maybe as, as early as last year or even the year before it was, you just went from Calgary to Vancouver, totally. Edmonton to yeah, Vancouver. Totally. You never ever even thought about stopping anywhere. So it's really nice that uh, there is a, a reason to break it up because it's one of the biggest complaints about being a, a touring band in Canada is the distance, right? right? Yeah. So now if you can add another city in there, absolutely, and you're going to get some turnout. Well, and if you think of even like our drive from Kamloops to Edmonton was it was long enough, but if you're doing yeah. that from Vancouver, right? Like that's <laughs> that's tough, and it's yeah. You know, and I think, you know, from the perspective of an artist, just to make, like, the dollars and cents of it, like, yeah. you know, your fuel costs end up being massive and, and all those sorts of things. Yeah, cool. Well, okay, let's get into Admission Dolores, because you guys have had a busy 2019. You've already put out two records, yeah, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were both done in very different ways, and I was hoping you guys could maybe speak a little bit about both these releases. Yeah. You want to talk about Cool World? Uh, yeah, sure. Well, with Cool World, I guess... We'd start by saying uh, last night outside her apartment, which just came out, we finished first. Okay. So we did that last summer um, on Gabriola um, Gulf Island off the coast of Vancouver Island uh, at a studio called The Noise Floor. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Jordan Coop? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Jordan Coop. Yeah. So that was really great. We, we went over there for like five days and kind of live tracked everything. And when that was done, we kind of want to release something else to kind of I, I don't know build excitement for for that kind of project and we had a bunch of other songs anyways so yeah. um, we just decided to kind of like weave together a, a more home recorded uh, patchwork kind of album as well okay. and uh, so we just completely opposite perspective like from the live tracking and like let's just have fun in the studio kind of thing mm-hmm. um yeah a couple of the songs were just like old demos and stuff that we just kind of polished up and we got a lot of different uh ears on it like a lot of different people mixing it like okay i mixed two of the tracks that i had kind of been working on and then we got our friend jackson in vancouver to mix one one or one two of, of the them, tracks yeah. and then we got jordan to mix one of the tracks and yeah. we recorded some of that at in Stu's studio so it's like just a lot all over the place yeah, yeah. but i think we're it, it's challenging and it's fun to try and make something like that uh consistent and and so it it's a little bit more of maybe like an interesting 
experimental listen whereas this one is like more of more of a focused yeah, yeah okay yeah, yeah i think but i think that's how we operate or like to operate is like working in out like extremes and outliers from one idea to the other like kind of in all processes yeah yeah and i think cool world is like very much like i'd call it like a mixtape like they're not necessarily b-sides because i think we like all those songs and like some like i think like cool world and Tensity vigilante are like some of the ones that we're most stoked to play yeah yeah. Um, so I don't think it's, it was just like, yeah, a purposeful approach of doing something that's like purposely making an album that's kind of like disjointed in the sense that there's no thematic theme that ties it together. And there's even no real sonic theme that ties it together. Yeah. And even in some instances, like Jared was saying, like, um, there's a song on that on both albums called before the rain. So we have his original demo version, which just like is a, a great, it's, it's a fantastic st- song on its own. And it, we wanted to do that justice. And then you can contract like, then we'd have like the full band take on it and where there's, it's maybe pulled in a slightly different direction. And I yeah. think that, that to us is an exciting idea of like being able to look at things through different lenses. Cool. T- totally. Like a couple of the songs, even on, on cool world as well. Like, we we didn't even all play together until after we had recorded it. <laughs> right, <laughs> so it's yeah. like then it's like oh we're like learning this this song that that we all it's just diff it's just a different way of doing things right like yeah. when you can sit down with the headphones on and be like oh, okay like what does this need as opposed to like figuring it out in a room it's just like it's bound to turn out different and I think yeah. we're always just just trying to make stuff that that sounds fresh to us and and hopefully fresh to people and and not you know sound like we're trying to to rip any anyone off or anything like we want to sound original right so but get weird and i think we do that to like break our cycles like i would think of like the song tent city vigilante where i just like basically gave jared a song and it's like hey this is your like come up with something now yeah which is probably it's like a different process for him and that's a different process for me and i think we always try and find like with a lot of our songs find different ways of because otherwise yeah if like if i just sit there and come up yeah with every single idea and get them to learn the parts it's going it you can fall into the trap of just 100%, doing it the same yeah. way. No, and, and, I'm, and I think same, we're, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. cognizant of what my traps are, and so sometimes it's like, no, it's like you need to, you need to come up with a vocal melody, or, or, or you know, yeah, like there's have, all sorts of have instances. Different, have a different member, like always yeah. start with a new idea or something, and like That's build so something cool. off a drum loop or or whatever. Like yeah. it, it just just allows for a lot more variety, is how we see it, I guess. Awesome. Yeah. So with uh, last night outside her apartment, mm-hmm. done very differently um you guys had everything going into the studio with jordan yeah um speak a little bit about um, what it was like to go and work with an esteemed uh recording engineer and how that album kind of went together i'd worked with jordan previously with with some other bands so I, i had a bit of rapport with him um, so, um, f- so for me, it was a very comfortable thing cause I know, know the kind of guy he yeah. was, but I think beyond that for like what anyways, what I took away, what was really exciting was just for us to be able to get away and focus on it. And, and we had with that one going in and tracking primarily live, we'd rehearsed a ton. Yeah. We had self-produced, but so we'd all scrutinize the songs quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and so I think by the time we got there, it wasn't like the content was fine and the performance was fine. Yeah. It was really being able to like explore kind of creative ideas and Jordan is fantastic um, at at that where I think he you know he doesn't take on he he definitely offers some production role but he when when he speaks up it's just like of the most 
uh, vital importance. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like he kind of, you know, and like yeah. he's not always adding things to 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 the equation, but when he does, it's just like such an aha moment. And yeah, I think he's just listening and, and thinking and and just offering like really good picks his spots really well awesome. and, and we were just kind of able to have a good time in the studio um we got all the all the beds done in, in a few days and, and had a few to just kind of mess around with a lot of his awesome gear and and just get a little weird with it yeah yeah it was and it was, and it was I think, a very positive headspace too like you're out like we we're in this it was last summer and so you're out in this like incredible yeah. spot on vancouver island yeah um there's no distractions there's no cell phone service you we're just kind of hanging out yeah he's hanging out like it was just you know we go wander down to the beach or whatever yeah we had a great time have a break and so i think that that part of it, it just really yeah i don't know we're just in, like in a very good headspace sweet okay mm-hmm. so if i had to ask you which of the two records is your favorite i would say i would say last night outside her apartment um because we put so much work into it. Okay. I think there's songs, there's, like I was saying, there's there's songs on Cool World that are big parts of our set and that we're stoked on. Yeah. But that one was like, it was almost effortless in the sense of, um, it, just, it just came together really easily because yeah. we, were, we were stitching ideas together kind of all over the place. Yeah. But I think the process, the accomplishment of going and doing that and traveling and rehearsing and, you know, pr- doing kind of pre-pro up to it. Yeah for last night outside her apartment that for me made kind of the difference yeah i think i think i think the same for me like big fan of of when a band can really capture a feeling together and yeah. and that was really cool and then and then just we kind of gave gave jordan like do do like some have some fun mixing and yeah and, with, with those solid like performances initially intact so like yeah, I think I think that one for sure. But that being said, like the other one, like yeah, we, I, I'm a big fan of making stuff noisy and yeah. uh, in, interesting, and we definitely had some fun uh, just just sitting in each other's basements, uh, tracking stuff on Cool World as well. So pretty proud of like how they both kind of have a unique identity, I guess. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's a big feat to put out two records in one year, you guys. Yeah. And Jared, <laughs> you put out a record last year solo, right? <laughs> so I. Uh, I <laughs> So you performed just under your given name, and I was Jared Doherty. Yeah. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah. Uh, right on. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, kind of writing and recording music on your own? Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think, like, as a contrast to that to that live band thing, it's just, like, it's something I really like to spend my time doing. Like, and I just have a lot of ideas that I would just just piled up on on my phone like voice memos over time and like i don't know it's it's just i really like it because it's like you lay down one thing and then then you can listen and play along to it and see what kind of happens next and just try and keep it super spontaneous but i don't know and then you can make it make it weird or yeah i don't know it just like seems like something seems like something i had to do like I, i played in several bands but like um, I feel I feel there's always songs that are uh, maybe a little bit more personal or, or something that maybe isn't the most suited to like a live performance with yeah. with a whole band and then it's like it's just a different just a different way of doing things like allows me to be a little more introspective with it and like I don't know try try different things like with the luxury of time whereas like you might not have that in four days or in four days at a studio where it's like you've kind of planned it all out ahead of time but yeah 
um, it's just it's just something different, right? Like I, I just like to keep it. But that's like one thing I appreciate, like using that like before the rain as as an example of like the, the version yeah. on Cool World, which heated all the parts. Yeah. Like it's all the parts serve the song, and then I think sometimes in the band, like we're all working to create a mood or a feeling or a moment or whatever. But like everybody's working, if, if, like everybody's yeah. playing usually yeah. something, yeah. and so yeah, I think that's like a nice yeah thing. addition by subtraction. Yeah, like, yeah. then I can, you can kind of hold back and and you're not like worried about. Um, like telling someone, hey, don't play. Like, yeah, it's yeah. just, it's just all, and it's just something that just maybe wouldn't wouldn't happen with a with a band, I guess. Because I don't know, it's just like it's just a different different perspective on things. And and yeah, some of those songs end up turning into that's a perfect example. Like the Before the Rain on on Cool World is like how I imagine the song is maybe a little sleepy and uh, imaginative or dreamy or whatever. And then like bring it to like at Mission Dolores and it becomes like this really uplifting thing which yeah. I also love so it's like I love doing both of those things and like you know I just I just want to be able to create as much as much music as I can that's so. awesome man. <laughs> awesome well, yeah. we loved that record that you put out last year <laughs> I think you. I think one of the tracks we even put on our best tracks of the year yeah, list for sure <laughs> I, yeah I was very honored <laughs> Um, okay, JP, before we get into the rapid fire, I wanted to talk about Factotum Records yes. or Factotum Cassettes and, and Oddities. Um, this is a label that you run. Is it just you on your own? Just me. Uh, out of Kamloops. For better, for worse, yeah. And you have put out some of our favorites. Well, obviously, you put out the uh, Mission Dolores stuff. You put out Jared's record mm-hmm. last year and Jared Jackal. Uh, yes, you know what? And Phenomenal I, record. Yeah. Yeah, and remind <laughs> me when we get, to the, we get to the venue, I'll give you a tape. Okay. Tapes, Sweet. yeah. Um, you're putting out some really great stuff. Uh, reissue of the bright was it bridal party? Bridal party, yeah. And what yeah. was the other one? The Lounge Winnipeg FM. Band. Lounge FM. Oh, Winnipeg. Yeah. So, how did uh, the idea for this record label kind of come into your mind? Well, it goes back to the instance when I was talking about kind of when Jared and I's other bands beforehand were kind of the only ones going, and and I think even at that point, like. Um, you know, it's as if we existed in different universes. Like, there's just no cohesiveness. Yeah. Um, and I, I think they were just gatekeepers who were maybe prohibitive to bands who were trying to pursue any sort of modern sound. Yeah. Um, so it was just really, um, it was born out of kind of the necessity to assemble people or give people a platform or, um, you know, become an entity that could promote shows. Yeah. So I think it, it was just, I'd, my original goal was just to kind of be the rallying point or the focal point for like-minded people in town mm-hmm. and that we could build a scene and a community around that. And then, yeah, and it's, it's since it's grown to, um, I think being able to try now and attract bands like so for instance I know one that's big with you guys like Swim Team yeah. they, they played uh, like Jared opened for them yeah, a couple weeks ago nice yeah. but but just that kind of like um, Apollo Ghost came through with them or Rich Hope you know a couple weeks before yeah. I think just like now um, you know we've kind of I think we've developed that community and now it's attractive to to bands like that who are awesome yeah. Um, but be, being able to then bring them in and like it just, it's kind of getting back to that like Kamloops that I grew up with nostalgia of like, yeah. of it being, you know, an awesome scene and having things go, go on there. 
awesome. Um, okay, so other than releasing uh, cassettes uh, with Factotum, you also are a big part of the scene. You put on shows. That's right. Yeah. And you're just kind of, uh, you seem to be like the booster of Kamloops <laughs> music. Well, it's uh, kind of like the double lunch situation. And, I mean, fair, and, and yeah. that's like, um, Craig's a guy who, like, you know, I looked at what was going on in a scene. Like, Edmont- Edmonton, I feel, could be comparable in many ways. Like, obviously, it's, it's a major city, but similar demographics, I think, in Kamloops, just maybe on a smaller scale. Yeah, okay. So I looked to, like, where they have, like, they have productions and yeah. the label side. Yeah. And then that kind of just made a lot of sense to me. So are there other people putting on shows in Kamloops, or are you kind of the guy to talk to? I think, um... I'm the well. It's gonna get that. It gets back. There's you're, there's, there's I mean, some you're, you're definitely the guy to talk to. No, Anybody well, listening, you talk to this guy. But no, uh, <laughs> um, I think like it, for like-minded genres, like I would be the person to talk to. Like yeah. I think if you know if you're playing punk or whatever, there's other promoters for that. Okay. But there's an instant like we were talking about it in the van on the way up. Like Faith Healer played a show in Kamloops, but it went through the punk promoter. Okay, and it was just like the support built. Like it um, didn't really work. Didn't really work, yeah. and I think they weren't necessarily pumped on. On, on who opened for them. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of where we're at is just like organizing ourselves a uh, bit more. Yes. You know, like if, so if you're a kind of band like Faith Healer, um, you know, that's a show that I'd love to put on and, and curate. Yeah. And, you know, versus if you're, uh, you know, like a crust punk band. Yeah. Deal with their punk scene. Like it's great and they're just different things. So Sweet. that's kind of, I think, where we're at. Right on. Okay. So before we get into the rapid fire, I got one last quick question. Um, the rest of 2019, maybe uh, start of 20, 2020, at Mission Dolores, what do you guys kind of got in your minds for, for where At Mission Dolores is going to roll? Well, I, I personally, we're not there yet, but I'd love to try and get a third album out this year just to be oh ambitious. Oh my goodness, um, but, um, <laughs> I think um, is just trying to reach new audiences. Like after this run of shows in May, I think it's we'll have played 18 shows already in the year. So that's that's good for us. And like we're not in, you know, like I think only two of them will have been in Kamloops. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's, that's like, great. that's the big thing for us now is just I think trying to become a band that people know and, yeah. and getting out there. Um, and then... Yeah, I think I think that's kind of where we're at now. I mean, we'll see if we can get together and come up with some songs. But Jared, you might. Yeah, yeah. I think I think for sure we're going to the island again um, in July. Yeah, we went there in February and spread spread the word in in the amount of places that that we can reach uh, in a reasonable amount of time. Nice. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and and yeah, maybe get together and work on some new ideas and try and figure something out. Just kind of rehearsing and getting these songs polished up for these and yeah we haven't really looked too far ahead yet but should be we all like we all like making records so uh, i'm sure we could uh and that's i think kind of part like we do we like making records and um i think for like a band of our stature it it almost seems for better for worse like you have to be putting out content can can like you don't have like the namesake that people will remember you so yeah yeah i think part of that sometimes is like out of necessity yeah we really enjoy it well and i think we've kind of like in the last little while definitely kind of hit our stride and to the point where it's like it's a challenge and it's fun to like see oh how fast can we uh, throw together and keep, keep some of the spontaneity into it and uh, I don't know do something different for the next one and keep it unique from the last two and, Sweet. and keep making interesting stuff for people Man, to listen to. Man when the creative juices are flowing you gotta put them down you gotta put Absolutely. them to paper yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> okay guys well let's get into the rapid fire here um, if you're not familiar with it we've got a bunch of questions just 
more about getting to know you as people rather than as a band. So we'll start it off with what album sparked your love of music? Oh man, that's a hard one. Um, you go first. The first thing I ever remember listening to is uh, Abbey Road when I was probably like three years old on, on road trips with nice. my parents. So I think it just like the Beatles always kind of seemed like mythical yeah <laughs> mythical band to, to me from like that moment it was like whoa like there's a lot of stuff here to so i think i think probably that cool yeah i had a weird one yeah, my dad was a musician uh it was weather reports heavy weather which has birdland which like weather reports like the fusion jazz band jaco pastorius was in so Jeez. it's maybe not a common one but that is not a common one <laughs> yeah but that birdland tune i remember listening to that a lot as a kid cool uh, what's your current musical obsession? Um, swim team has been big for sure. Um, I'm trying to think of what else would be like. I feel like I listened to a lot. Like, oh, well, we played with a band called Loans, which has someone from Deadsoft in it. Okay, they were great. I really enjoyed them. Yeah, um, been pretty obsessed with King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard <laughs> since I saw them last June. But uh, Man, you, that's like a, a rabbit hole that I don't dare go down. <laughs> what do you put out like? eight records last year uh, yeah they put out five <laughs> records in 2017 we listened to one on the drive down maybe the most intense one but seeing yeah saw them in like it was kind of that too like oh these guys put out five records it's like how many records did uh, did you put out this year <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh inspirational for sure nice uh burgers or pizza uh, burgers pi- pizza how do you take your coffee black yeah black What's the best movie you've seen recently? That, uh, uh the one you're telling us about, the uh, Swedish one. Oh, Border. Border? Yes, it's, it's about trolls <laughs> in, uh, it, it's all, yeah, I think it's all in, in Swedish. I can't remember what language it's in, but it's all subtitled. Very strange. Highly recommend. Okay. Yeah. Alcohol or marijuana? Alcohol for me. Marijuana. All right. Are there any uh, uh, recreational stores open in Kamloops yet? Yeah, we have, I think it's the only uh, BC government store. Oh, it, okay. wa- it was definitely at legalization, but yeah, yeah. definitely checked out your guys, uh, your guys' legalization episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny stuff. <laughs> Some interesting ruminations there. <laughs> Uh, what's the best thing to happen to you on stage? Years ago, uh, when I lived in Vancouver, I had this bit, right? There's like a good example of like, you shouldn't plan banter because it can backfire. <laughs> uh, and so I had this bit how I was going to riff like, or like negatively riff on Star Trek four, the voyage home. Yeah. And, um, one of like the other band's buddies is like, I fancy myself like a Star Trek guy, but he like hardcore. Yeah, and so like he ha- he took objection to that, and I was like kind of opened the t- I was like, yeah, anyone like I don't know. I said like some I don't know. I said it sucked basically, and like if anyone wanted to bait me, they could come up on stage, and he came up and just like. <laughs> You know, it's like open Pandora's box, basically, and essentially, yeah, it didn't, it didn't end up well for me, and essentially had to, like, concede, you know, it's like, okay, we're going to play the rest of our songs, like, you win, so don't ever speak poorly about Star Trek 4. <laughs> 
what's the worst? Oh, oh, not too long ago we were playing at the Blue Grotto in Kamloops and we started a song and uh, just had someone go, Weezer! Right, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, and again, not a Weezer cover, not, but... And, yeah, stuff doesn't sound a ton like Weezer. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, we're maybe showing some of the negative sides to Kamloops. <laughs> hey, there's people there. That's, there yeah, yeah, exactly. That's awesome. They like Weezer. Yeah. <laughs> what's the strangest job you've ever had? Uh, I was a garbage truck assistant for three days. Sweet. Uh, this was like, I don't know, I was like probably 18 or 19 and going to labor ready, if you're familiar with that, like where you just kind of get day jobs. And so I had, they, the, the driver was injured, so I just kind of rode along and dumped trash for him. And Okay. Yeah, I was like the first 15 minutes I was hanging off, giving high fives. So I was the coolest thing ever. And then, you know, like when the sun comes up. Gets this old in the, fast. Yeah, this was in the middle of summer in Kamloops where it's like plus four. Yeah, it gets old super fast when you're shoveling hot trash. I don't know if I've had that many strange jobs. I was just saying earlier this week I was uh, working on Van Helsing as a production assistant, which I had no business doing at all. Never worked in film before. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess that's, that's it. If you could open for any artist on the planet, who would it be? Uh, I would love Andy Schaaf or Fox Horn. I think those are are an artist and a band who I'm super into and somewhat we're maybe in the vein of. Maybe Neil Young would be cool. Love to just meet Neil. Yeah. Who is your favorite superhero? I was a big Spider-Man fan growing up, so I think I'm going to stick with that one. I'd probably go with Venom. Ooh, the anti-hero, yeah. you know? <laughs> you guys are going toe-to-toe on that Sparky, question. Sparky I love here. Venom. <laughs> yeah. uh, what was your favorite childhood toy? Lego. Lego, for sure. Nice. Yeah. Star Wars Lego. Sweet. Yeah. I feel it was like I had like a stuffed cat or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ashamed to admit that. Beatles or the Stones? Beatles. Beatles. What's your biggest pet peeve? Jared, hmm. you got mayo, maybe? <laughs> yeah, mayo. Mayo? Just, I don't know. No. Elaborate? It's <laughs> not a big mayo fan. It's like the one that's kind of unnecessary sometimes. It, it can be good, but in small amounts. I'm with you. I hate mayo. Yeah. All it is is just friggin' oil and egg. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like eggs already yeah. without oil. <laughs> so you don't need to yeah. modify yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> There's a guy, my pet peeve, uh, there's a guy where uh, I live in Kamloops who drives, he's an able-bodied person, but he drives like a motorized scooter. Yeah. Um, and he's modded it, he's hot-rotted it, if you oh, will. Oh my goodness. To uh, have like, he's just pushing like some serious decibels of like classic rock. But so if you can, if you know what I'm talking, like it's like the scooter for ca- yeah, elderly yeah. people. Like so, a rascal. Right. So it moves about three kilometers an hour. Yeah. So you can kind of hear him coming in the distance. So like, it's about like five to six minutes of like... Uh, here he si- comes. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's like sis- Sister goes. Christian or like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sometimes he'll get out of it and dance. Yeah. Well, and then, I mean, I usually generally have empathy for folk like that, but we were playing a show last year and he was like super snarky. It was like, I, it was like a ticketed event, but it was outside and he was super snarky to us about, uh, like they were asking him to leave or something. I was like, oh, sorry, man. You're like, I don't know. You need a ticket. Like, yeah. Yeah. He wasn't very polite to us. Oh. Grumpy old man. Give me one of your bucket list items. Well, I'd love to tour Europe. Nice. I guess. Yeah. That's I, a good one. I like go to maybe go to Europe for the first time uh, playing music. 
That'd be cool. That's a good one. <laughs> I'm going to be relevant here and say, go to Japan. Hey! Both of you guys were just there. <laughs> uh, so you guys drove quite a ways to get here today. Uh, it will make this question easy. What's your favorite road trip album? We were definitely getting into the podcast. That King Gizzard album was pretty dark. Uh, Murder of the Universe. Yeah. That's a good road trip <laughs> album. Uh, keeps you going fast. Nice. <laughs> I guess. I th- yeah, I don't know. I think something, general, the lighter stuff, that was like a bit too... Uh, yeah. Was Existential. Up, yeah, I was caught up in my head for a moment. I yeah. don't know. Like, <laughs> put some Mac DeMarco on or... Salad Days. Yeah. A great road trip album. Nice. Uh, if you could hang out with one of your musical idols, would you? That's a tricky one because I think sometimes they might not be who you would make them out to be. Right. Um, I think Mac would be a pretty cool guy to meet. Yeah. To see what he's about. Fun. <laughs> Maybe um, uh, was it Ruben Nielsen from Unknown Mortal Orchestra? I'd like to pick that guy's brain. He's pretty cool. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Is that a yes then? Yeah. 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 Nice. Uh, I got one last question, guys, okay. and then we'll we'll swift you away, and we'll play one of your tunes, and we'll call it a night. If you just found out you were the last person on Earth, what's the very first thing you would do? It's a very nihilistic thing. Probably find out which brewery still had beer in their <laughs> tanks and go <laughs> situate myself. Yeah. Set up a tent in in the brewery and yeah, we'll just make sure the tanks were still working and operative, yeah. so I'd have a supply. Uh, I think yes. That would be a valid set up, move. Set up camp somewhere, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. If you're on your own, I mean, you're going to need something to temper that with. Plant some food, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's a lot to think about. <laughs> Okay, well, we will just leave it there then. <laughs> uh, the way we end the show, fellas, is by playing one of your songs. Do you have one you want us to play? Which album? Which song? I guess something from the new one, maybe. Maybe the, maybe the title track. Yeah, sure. Let's yeah. give that one a whirl. Yeah. Right on. So here at Mission Dolores, last night outside her apartment. Thanks a lot for coming in, guys. Thank Thanks, you for having Jeff. us.
Cups and Cakes Presents is produced by Jeff McCallum. The feature track was played with permission from At Mission Dolores. Undercurrents from Atlantis Jazz Ensemble's album Oceanic Suite is the background music throughout the entire episode. Oceanic Suite is available through Ottawa's Marlowe Records. Find out more at MarlowRecords.com. Inside the Art Studio is one of many ways the Cups and Cakes Network highlights Canadian music. Visit our website, CupsandCakesPod.com, to browse our audio, video, and written content. That's Cups, the letter N, CakesPod.com. Thanks for listening.